Welcome, everybody, to the Building Ehrensburg podcast. I'm Thomas Ehrensburg. And I'm Catherine Ehrensburg. And today we're going to talk about something that we use uh, in our family as kind of a uh, guiding principle. A North Star. Maybe. Um, An emotional North Star. <laughs> yeah, and that is the five love languages. Uh, the five love languages uh, is from a book that we were given in our uh, pre-marriage counseling was it counseling? I think a family member gave it to us. I think Auntie Maggie gave it to no, us. I think Father Zogby gave it to us. Oh, maybe so. Well, maybe he told us about it, and then maybe... That's right. I think that is true. maybe gave it to us. It's a book by Gary Chapman. Um, I don't know how long it's been around, but it's certainly we've been married 14 years, so it's been around at least that long, if not longer, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, you've probably heard the term Enneagram, and that's a personality test. Right. And there, I, there's a lot of those out there, but that's one that... I've heard it's, you talk about around it's the It's super popular right now. I don't personally take it uh, to, to heart. I think um, the people who are really into it can meet someone and go, oh, you must be a, like they guess what number you are. <laughs> yeah. And there's, so there's, how does that work exactly then? You take a quiz. You okay. take a quiz on it. There's nine. Oh, like one of these online quizzes like you see on Facebook. Yeah, and, it's like the old Cosmo magazines where you just take, yeah. you know, the Cosmo quiz and figure out which, you know type of girlfriend you are or whatever um no this is you know it's supposed to be a little more scientific there's nine different ones we're not talking about enneagram today but i'll give you a little summary anyway nine different personality types um and it's supposed to help you know describe the type of personality because i think with a lot of these things the more that you can understand more about yourself the more that you can start to understand why you do things I, i would be willing to bet and i i heard you and your sister talking about it last night that there's a lot of overlap. Yes. And so nobody is a three or I a... personally see it a lot like astrology, which is like, you know, horoscopes where it's like you can see yourself in all of them. And right. so how do you really say that I'm a strong, you know, one or two or three, whatever the number is. Right. Um, but all that being said, um, we have always held so tight to the five love languages. Yes. Which is not a personality test, but no. to some extent it is a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I guess But I so. think, so we'll explain what, what the five love, love languages are, and we'll talk a little bit about them, but what I like about the love languages is that usually there is a test online that you can take to find mm-hmm. out what your primary love language is, but for the most part, it's a lot easier to identify in yourself once you know what the love languages are. Mm-hmm. It's easier to identify without taking a quiz, usually, which one is your primary or sure. which one may tie for a first. And then you might go refine it and take the quiz or something. Whereas with these personality tests, Enneagram, and there's the um, Briggs, what's the Meyer, Briggs? Myers. I want to say Briggs, Briggs and Stratton, but that's an engine yes. company. <laughs> you <laughs> Meyer- got your Honda, you got your Briggs Stratton. <laughs> so dumb. Um, so Myers-Briggs, which is another personality test, and a lot of people love those because um, people like to put people in boxes and right. pinpoint them in some way. Yeah. Um and to some extent for employers and things like that relationship wise, it helps to understand where people stand and how they feel about Absolutely. certain things because then you can kind of hone how you treat them. So you're not treating everybody the same. Sure. Which is great. I'll say good employers do that because they care to know. Sure. Not all. Sure. Anyway, let's go through them. What are they? Okay. So the five love languages, I'm reading them off my phone. They are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Right. Those are the five. And so you look at yourself, and I think it's kind of two, it's two things. One is which of those do you like to receive? But then secondly, how do you show love? 
Like it, but that's the whole. Ba- that's what I've discovered after reading this book. Of course, we're got, we're giving you guys a super summary of how we have functioned in life with this book. But um, the most interesting thing to me was that as humans, we tend to give love the way that we want to receive love. Right, and I think that's why they use the word language because that's how you speak love. The language of love. Right. So, for example, my love language. My prime, so you have a primary love language and right. you have some secondary and tertiary and all that and you go kind of down. Um, but it's interesting they can kind of group them into five for, for one thing. Um, the second thing, so my my love language I think is probably words of affirmation. Yes, it is. Um, Which is something. That's a whole, like I'm a, I'm a real, so you can really hone in on the words of affirmation thing yeah. because Thomas is laughing. I know why. Because words of affirmation is my number one love language, but I don't want you I don't want you complimenting me to my face. That makes me very it's, uncomfortable. It's not, yes. You are terrible at receiving compliments. Yeah. You're terrible at pat on the backs. Yeah. And you like you don't even know what to do when someone gives them, but you need them. Like, <laughs> like don't do it to me. I want to find out that you agree, you know, that you're happy that I'm doing these things and I want I want to be within earshot. I want to yes. be with it, I want to be within earshot when you compliment me, but to where you're not looking me in the face to compliment. I want you to yes. compliment me to someone else when I'm in earshot. Okay? So she can hear about it so without easy. being told. As a husband, that has to be the easiest it thing is. to accomplish. Yep. Make sure that... <laughs> and I found it out instantly, too. Like, we were married. I was like, it's words of affirmation, but it has to be delivered in, in this sort of packaging. So in that way, um, since that is my love language, then I tend to also give love in that way. Now, here's the kicker. Your spouse or your significant other or your children or your employees may not receive love right. the way that you give love. That's right. So if I if I uh, give love as words of affirmation, but your love language is gifts, physical gifts to be received, and I give you a compliment, you're like, right. she hates me. I don't me. see that as a – you're right. I wouldn't see that as a – sign of love i'd be like why is she telling me all these things if she loved me she'd give me right. a box of chocolates or right. she'd give me a new wallet or you know whatever um and so learning what your love language is and then learning what someone else's love language is enables you to give love the way that they want to receive love anyway everybody has to read the book so that we all can show love the way someone in, wants to receive love but that's the complicated part giving someone love the way that they want to receive it when it's not your natural inclination is it's a, a lot huge of work. challenge it is a lot of it's work a lot of work yeah um i'll because i think your second one is probably acts of service and the reason i think that is because every birthday you go so out of your way to like make me these really and it takes you hours to cook dinner and you try to make everything real nice around the house. Yeah, I want it to be like, I want it to be a thoughtful, like, right? You know, and it's the same thing with when you give gifts at Christmas or anything else. Like you, you go through all this work to do it. Well, I don't just want to go buy a thing, you know. Like to me, when I give a gift, but you know, people that I would imagine people that if gift giving is your love language, they don't really care what the gift is. Maybe I'm wrong. That's not gift, true. Gift giving is not mine, but yeah. I would imagine just the act of receiving a gift, even if it's a a candy bar, you know. I think that gift givers like a... to be thoughtful in their gift giving. Well, I think everybody does. But, but to me, when you give me a gift, what I think of, because I like the 
the um, the thought that went behind it, that's the gift to me. I don't right. actually care what the thing is that you gave me. It's the fact that when you were shopping, you thought of me while you were shopping. And that means more to me than the actual gift itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I would, I, and I don't know, but I would imagine people maybe that if if gift giving is their thing, maybe it's more of a quantitative. <laughs> Ten gifts. A, a quali- <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's quality also to it. We're but, not gift receivers or givers, no, and not. so we can't speak we're to not. this honestly. Um, yeah, I would say words of affirmation and acts of service are mine for sure. You're a quality time at a physical touch yes. guy. Definitely a quality time person. So like. Just sitting on the couch, just being next to him. Yeah, that's enough. That's pretty much it. Some of these, some just of these lovely. Let's go, and even just like going out and doing things. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. Let's go to a movie. Yeah. Let's go I, for a drive. Some love languages. I think we've are, done that before. I was like, let's just go for a drive, and you're like, well, I guess. <laughs> Where are we going? What are we doing when we get there? <laughs> we're, we're not. We're just gonna get in the car and drive around and talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Some love languages are more demanding than others. I would say. But there, well, maybe I, I mean I think that it depends on if it's if it's already one that you if it is a love language that you already speak. That's true. You probably don't find it very demanding. That's absolutely true. But how many most people who are married to each other their love languages are not the same? I would say. Oh, I so, have no idea. But they obviously, compl- I mean, it makes it easier. It if, sure does make it easier. Holy mackerel! But that's. You know, I still think it's different than the Enneagram, which is more of the personality type. And a lot of your personality yeah. type has to do with nature and nurture, kind of mixing together. Absolutely. And it, it forms who you are. Um, but I don't even know how to articulate what this really encompasses that's different than a personality test. Because in a way I mean, it, it is. is part of your it's personality. It's just a piece of your personality. Yes. But it's the way that you show love and receive love, which is, oh my gosh, in any relationship, that's such a huge part. I think just in human nature in itself everybody wants to be loved yeah of course at the end of the day they just want to know that somebody out there loves them whether it's their parents their best friend their spouse whatever they want to know that they're loved yeah so if you you know not knowing your love language like not taking the time to do this inner work for yourself you know you may not notice that people are trying to show that they love you. So they that, just don't necessarily speak your language. Okay, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about that when we come back, because I do want to talk about the flip side of the love language. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Building Aaronsburg. We've been talking about the five love languages, and we've talked so much about how we give love. And on the flip side of that, you know, there's how we receive love from other people. And mm-hmm. a huge part of this love language book, well, the other half of it, the other 50%, is being able to cognizantly realize how someone else is showing right, you love. Right, to identify their love language. Yes. So that you can see that they are so trying that, to give you. Yes, even if they are not giving you love the way you receive it, yep. you can acknowledge that they are trying to give you love. Yes. Because there's a difference between someone not trying to give you love at all and you just not recognizing it yes. as giving love. That's correct. Which is a huge problem in marriages, I think. It's like, oh, he went and changed my tire. Like, that's right. what he should have done anyway. It's like, but that is him showing you yes. love through acts right. of service. That is a love language. Right. You come home to a clean house. And if acts of service is not something you recognize as a love language, you came home to a clean house and didn't realize that your spouse has put in, poured their love out to you. Right. 
and you just walked in like, well, whatever, hey. House is supposed to be clean anyway, or right, whatever. Or, or maybe you just don't even notice, or like, yeah. oh, she cleaned it, or he cleaned it, and... That's nice. You no, know, that was nice of them, but you don't say thank you, or you don't whatever, and this person, like, really just, like... And that's the acknowledgement... all out there for Just the you. acknowledgement of the love... Right. Th- ...that was given. So I'm not a gift giver, but I'm fully aware that gift giving is a love language. Yes. And so receiving a gift... Is like, oh my gosh, that's so thoughtful of you. I recognize, like, I see you, I acknowledge you, (laughs) and I realize probably your love language, and so I need to identify that. Especially if there's someone in your life who is is a consistent person in your life that's doing similar things over and over again, where you're recognizing a pattern. Like my aunt, she's a nun. Like she is acts of service through and through. That is who Mm -hmm. she is. I mean, it's it is in her DNA, and all of these love languages are just part of our DNA, and she doesn't know that that's what her, like, she knows that's what she has to give. She's given a vow of poverty, so she knows she can't give money or she can't give, you know, a lot of things. And so she gives her time and she's service to people. Right. And that is how she shows her love. And so I have tried very hard to give that back to her. Now. The acts of service? Yes, the acts of service or, you know, giving her memorable type gifts. You know, when I was college, I would write her notes and tell her how appreciative I was, you know, so of all the acts of service that she does for me. Right. Recognizing that that's what she is able to give and making her feel like, you know, I think you feel appreciated. Feeling right. appreciated for whatever it is has got to be like the the epitome of all of it, right? Don't you you want for someone to to acknowledge that you have done something for them, that you have shown well, love yeah, to them. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I mean, getting back to it, you want to know that, that you want to know that you are loved. And at the same time, when you, when you're trying to show that love, you want people to know that, well, of course, that you how, love them too, because a lot of people aren't going to just come out and say, I love you. Right. Like that's really hard to say, or they think it sounds cliche or not heartfelt enough. And well, so, and they may not view, they may not view changing the tire as love. Like a lot of people can't sure. articulate that and understand that that is why they're doing it, but it is. Right. And that you should be able to say, you know, some, sometimes we have to lead the horses to the water to drink, right. you know? So if, if, I mean, I sound like I'm a big promo for this book, but I mean, we've been married 14 years and I can't even countless times we have referenced um, love language between the two of us. And we yes. haven't even talked about our kids yet, what love languages our children have, because those are all very different and they right. change over time. Well, and as their children too, they definitely don't know how to identify. Oh, for sure. Love. They, I mean, children definitely want to feel loved and safe and they don't probably even think about, they I mean, they barely speak their own language. Yeah. <laughs> let the alone. spoken language, let alone yeah. identifying these emotional languages, I guess. Gosh, everything's so confusing. I mean, 2020 is probably a great time to be able to review your children's love languages. Now, I know since we had read this book so early before we even got married, I think that we started to try to identify love languages in our children pretty early, probably earlier than they were really noticeable. You know, do you remember they're like two and three years old? And like, yeah. what's your love? Every child likes to be hugged and kissed and, sure. you know, spent time with and so it's hard to really articulate but as they grow a little older they really start to develop a true love right. language and there and, is a love language book for chill for kids right or teens or whatever and i think there's even a love language quiz for them because i, th- yeah. I think we did that like in the car one day yeah. going to school or something um and, and we we've identified for the most i mean again like you said a couple of them are, are still probably too young yeah to really the know, youngest but, is probably too young the other ones we've 
We've pretty we've, talked we've pinned about it down it. pretty good, and they they have been part of the process. It wasn't like we were handing them this quiz in the car and they yeah. didn't know what it was. Right. We told them what the results were. We explained to them what it meant, and even now we've got one that every time we give him a hug, he'll be like physical touch. He yeah. loves a hug, but he has to acknowledge, which is great. I think it's great for him to acknowledge what it is. Yeah, because about then that. he knows that when he's being hugged, or you know, either even the other day. This is going to sound like such a weird, like, how was that an act of love? The other day we were doing yard work. You know the day that you didn't do any yard work with us? Again. Anyway, <laughs> we finished it I up. I was inside the house cleaning, so get off get off me. Uh, <laughs> he and I were kind of like cleaning the tools in the backyard. And I think we had somewhere to go that evening. I was like, hey, are you going to shower before we go? He's like, yeah, probably. So I picked him up. Mm-hmm. And I ran and I jumped in the pool. Oh, yeah, I remember in that. In the freezing pool. Oh, this was the okay. And, yeah, I remember yeah. this time. He so, lo- he still I, talks I know about he still it. talks about it, but he I knew, it. like, I knew when I did that 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 was going to be, like, for a him, like, for this him. is such a loving moment yeah. between us. <laughs> Dad threw me in the pool. Dad throwing me in the Let freezing me you, cold pool. The difference, though, for him specifically was the fact that you jumped into the pool with him. Right, I didn't you, throw him in the pool. You did not throw him in the pool. Right, you picked him up and y'all jumped into the pool together. Yes. Into the if I had thrown him in the pool, he'd been mad at he me. He would have been mad. Yeah. Yes, so I'm glad you made that decision, kind of on the. Yeah, know. no, I, I was planning it the whole time while we were cleaning <laughs> the tools. I was thinking about doing it. Well, I, I mean, like we were sweaty. It was, it was cool outside. It was probably. You know, in the 50s or 60s. And the pool right now is in the 50s. Yeah. So I knew the pool was going to be freezing cold. Yeah. But I wanted to cool off and I didn't want to be in the pool for too long. So. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think it's a healthy way to talk to your kids about, you know, how emotions without it being this like crazy weird conversation with your kids. Because I think that that, you know, sometimes I'm like, Mom, what are you talking about? I don't want to talk about this. But it's a good way to start identifying it. And once we can, I just think it's an exercise, you know, if nothing else, it's an exercise in putting yourself in someone else's shoes, which, gosh, we could all be a little more empathetic in our lives. Yes. So it really brings you to the more empathetic um, place where you can constantly, you know, if my mother-in-law asks me, would you like me to X, Y, Z, I'm going, that is how she's showing her love. Right. I, I really would, you know, I'm, I hear people complain about their in-laws all the time or like something that their spouse is or isn't doing, but then you hear, they don't, they don't mention the thing that they did do for them. Right. Because they didn't recognize it for because what it they was. they didn't recognize it. Yeah. So, so if we could all just start recognizing a little more of, of the way that people, people really are trying to help and trying to do things that you would like for you, yeah. you just have to, just have to recognize them. And this is, this is sort of switching gears a little bit, but it's kind of in the same thread is in the workplace, you can kind of see this too. So as an assistant football coach, we've had several head coaches come through. Uh, and just kind of this just kind of came to my mind. But there was one in particular that would always buy us stuff. Like that was his yeah. thing. Yeah. We got we got more polo shirts what do you and got? You guys call it cloth. We call it cloth, yeah. <laughs> I felt like every time we had a meeting, though, we were going to be coming home with something. Yeah. It was like Christmas. Every every Sunday was yeah. going to be Christmas. He you, would hand us a shirt. He would hand us a yeah. a hat or whatever. And y'all loved that stuff. A lot of y'all, yeah. clothing is the way to your heart. Clothing in the colors of the school mascot. It's all that matters. Well, because that you have black, you to represent, you know. You got to make sure you were in the right color. Anyway. Yeah, identifying that within your own workplace. You know, you're you're a boss. You have employees. So the things that you do for them... Maybe you don't know what their love language are, love language is, 
So I spend a lot of times speaking to my employees and just like having conversations with them just about their daily lives to know like how many brothers and sisters they have, how many, you know, they have family out of town. How are people feeling about coronavirus? You know, like I try to understand them because it takes a while to understand a love language unless you like straight up give them the quiz. Right. And just ask them, hey, what's your love language? Yeah, I think you can. Because when Christmas comes around, I want to make sure that (laughs) I'm giving it to you. Make you know that you feel appreciated, whether that's a a gift card or whether it's. Because the way that you feel appreciated is going to change the projection of how they are going to work in the workplace. Absolutely. And so, I mean, if you have a lot of employees, it's a lot more difficult to do. But that's, to me, part of the manager's position, a manager over that group of people. That is their job, is to understand their their group that they're taking care of enough to know how to take care of them properly in a way that will make them not only want to work there, but love working where they work and who they work for. And be, oh my gosh, when I... When I hired both of my employees, I just remember thinking, I want to be the kind of place that their mom and dad are proud that they work for me. Like, I want them to be able to go home and say, I'm working for Catherine Ahrensburg and their parents be elated that they're working for such a good company. Mm -hmm. That was really important to me. I know that sounds crazy. Like, I couldn't, shouldn't care what the parents think, but it matters as far as treating people well. Like overall, that's all I want to do right. is just treat people well and treat the, the people the way that they want to be treated and to be proud to work with me themselves, but their parents too. Right. <laughs> I hire some, I've hired two young, very young people. And so their parents are very much still part of their lives. Um, so anyway. Welcome back to Building Aaronsburg. We're going to take our listener question, which is, drumroll please. We have an electric drum set sitting right next to us, and maybe one day I can actually plug it in. I can get Thomas in here, and he can... He would love that. He would absolutely love that. Love, love, love. He can be the peanut gallery on the side. So the question is, how do you guys vacation? Well, (laughs) we get in our private plane, (laughs) jet to Europe. Mm, Yeah. Without our children. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so vacation is a funny word. Yeah, we need to start with definitions here. Yeah, let's start with definitions. We rarely vacation because a vacation means there are no children. At least at the age that our children are, which right. is 12 and under, if you are taking people with you that cannot independently pack for themselves and generally... Watch themselves, feed themselves. Yeah. And there's no like no care given, you are going... You're not going on a vacation. You are going on a family trip. Family trip. So I'm not sure how, the, I'm sure this person was probably talking about family trips too. Like with your kids, how do you, because. Right. That's probably what it is. With all of, with all that's going on, you have yeah. four children. How do you, how do you get out of here and go try to relax a little bit? Um, We don't go far. We don't do many things. We might go to the beach for a day. We don't do a lot of week long trips. And again, part of that. I think for me, if if Thomas was not married to me, he would probably go on a lot more family trips. I'm an anxiety mess when it comes to combining relaxation and spending money. Those two things for me are nightmarish. Well, it's a huge problem. I think it's aside from the the spending money, there's a lot of planning that has to go into that too. And I'm not a plan. It's interesting for what I do for a living, which is planning a lot of things. Mm-hmm. When it comes to my personal life. 
I don't want to plan a trip down to the moment. I don't know what it is about me, but I'm not interested. I'm not interested in researching locations and right. seeing what's going on in the, those locations. And there's a lot of, and not just the location, but just finding a place to stay. How long is it going to take to get there? Do Are they there have gonna be breakfast? Restaurants? Yeah, are they, do they have like, the free breakfast? And that's all, a lot of that is family, a family trip. If right. you and I go on a vacation together, we could we, just pick up and leave right now. We could pick Be up gone. and leave right now. And then it's like, we'll walk down the street. And if there's a restaurant, we'll go to the restaurant. Right. And if there's not, then we'll Let's eat go it. To the next we thing. can eat at 2 p.m. or we can eat at 5. Like, there's right. no right, there's no rules. I don't need to worry about spoiling someone's dinner with a late snack and then yes. they're going to be in bed late. And So to me, the. All of the planning that has to go into a va- family vacation, plus all the money that it takes to make it happen, um, it's just not. And then, and then you're packing up all your stuff in a bag, and I'm as the mom, and you as the dad are having to do all the same things we were having to do at home, but we're just doing them in a different location, right. which makes it worse because you don't you don't have all of the things that you use to to deal with it. When when something happens here, somebody spills something here. Yeah, we very quickly can clean it up. Right. We can get a new outfit on them yeah. real quick or whatever. But when you're on a trip and something like that happens in the car or, you know, I got to go to the bathroom right now. Or I don't know when the next rest stop is yeah. or whatever. It's just, it's just, it's a not lot of issues that come up. Every facet of a family vacation is not fun for me. So for all those reasons, I am a disaster as far as. It's it's not fun for me to plan, so I'm in an anxiety mess going leading up to it. I don't love the expenditure of money. Then when we're there, I'm miserable because me and relaxation don't happen in the same sentence. No, they don't. And I'm just bad at it. I like I think we went to the mountains one time, which we got lots of stories about that mountain trip. Like I thought we were gonna fall off the side of the mountain. So we went to Helen, Georgia. Um, to stay in a barrel cabin, which is up in is it Ruby Fault? No, it's Unicoi State Park. Right. We were like, I saw it in Southern Living. I was like, let's go do this thing. This looks so much fun. Let's have a family vacation. The kids are old enough now to wear. They're not in diapers and stuff. Like, right, yeah. This is they something can we can do. Themselves and- yeah, and I wanted to go to something that wasn't the beach. Like, it'd be cool outside. It'd be mm-hmm. pleasant. And I think it was a, it's like spring break. It, it was a nice time of year. It was a so little start- cool. But- it was starting to get hot here. You know, right. by that time of the year, it's real hot. So we go somewhere that's a little cooler. Well, I didn't realize... Like, when I said I want to go to the mountains, I forgot about the part where we had to drive up into the mountains, right. up hills. And I also forgot, I thought that it was a unique experience when we went up a volcano in Hawaii to Haleakala. I thought it was a unique experience just in that case that I thought that going up a hill was going to make me think I was going to die. But no, it's just general. Every hill, when it's dark outside. Okay, to my, in my defense, I didn't know that we would be arriving at Unicoi right. State Park at night. Right. I thought we'd be, we had planned, again, my planning, which didn't happen. We planned to be up there during the day, but we brought the kids and they got hungry. And so we stopped somewhere to eat right. pizza. And by the time we got out from eating pizza, it was getting dark outside. And we had yet to ascend the mountain to get to Unicoi State Park where we would be staying the night and for several days after that. So after basically me needing to take a Xanax, which I don't own, never have owned, and but I probably should start holding on. I need to like buy some somewhere to hold on to for these type trips. Mm-hmm. Um, we finally get there. We get our cabin and everything. And by like a day in, I wanted to just like roll down the mountain. Like, what are we doing here? Right. We're sitting in this cabin. I'm about to come out of my skin with bored, not boredom, just like 
I need something you just to can't do. Relax. The I kids can't... have no problem just going outside and yeah. throwing a ball or whatever. And... I can't relax. And not only that, but like I fine, I'm sitting here on vac- quote unquote vacation. I can't relax, but I don't want to be cleaning either. Like like I'm supposed right. to be on vacation. I don't want to clean, but what am I doing? What are we doing? I didn't bring any books. I didn't bring anything out. to do. There's I just no hanging out. I just can't hang out. It's not my jam. Right. Which I do. I mean I, I can hang out. Yeah, you the other can. thing too is you you don't do great when the plans change. Oh, bad! Real All of bad. a sudden, it's like we have this plan, but oh, this came up. We have to change. But by the way, things are things are changing or whatever because I didn't plan well enough. I didn't know sure, that. But there, I would say, in when you're taking your whole family like that, that you can't plan for stuff. I should have known if you know such and such was open or this was closed for the season because of you know, you're not quite to the spring yet or whatever, right. which is what happened. And so we couldn't do all these like water a activities. Lot of the activities that we thought we would be able to. Yeah. If I had just done some research, but I'm not interested in the research. Sure. It's a whole thing. Guys, ultimately we don't go on vacations or trips because no, they don't. end up. Or I, if we do, they're, they're very short. They're yeah. a day to the beach and back. Not a whole lot of things packed. Unpopular. Not a whole lot of plans can go wrong. I mean, it's. Well, unpopular opinion. I hate the beach. So that's fun too. I'm I'm just a box of fun, guys. I really am. That's why we bought the house that has the pool, so that we can just <laughs> so y'all can get send the pool the and I can just watch y'all in the pool. <laughs> or you could stay inside and work, which is probably what you're doing while we're out there swimming in the pool. Oh uh, gosh, I've been in that pool twice, probably in our three years three of being years. here. Yeah. Well, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Not really sure what the question was exactly. I think that they were referring more to. How do we take the entire family? Not just if it's just us, it's a completely different. We didn't really talk about that, but if it's just us, we're a little more willing to spend more money, and but then at the same time, it's less money because we're not taking four people with us. us, right? Like it's a whole thing. But and I we was don't, we don't need a plan because it's just us. We kind of just do what we want to do. But not having a plan costs you more money, which sure. we have been victims of several yep. times, especially on that trip we just talked about up to Unicoi. Um, we did get, you know, we rented the cabins and all that stuff, but then we ended up going to a Braves game. But, you know, if we had planned ahead, we could have gotten the parking and the, the you know, all right. the different things. And so we ended up spending more money than we would have if we had planned Although ahead. Although we did happen into one deal that. Oh, pl- pray remember? tell. No. Okay. So we decided to leave Unicoi State Park a day early. Because I was coming out of my skin. Right. So like, well, let's go to Atlanta. We can catch a Braves game. And go to Ikea. He lured, he lured me to a Braves game with the with the, right, with the <laughs> promise, promise of Ikea. Ikea. <laughs> um, but on the way in, I was like, well, look, hotels always have super cheap deals last minute. Yeah. And we found like a four-star hotel or something for, I don't know, a hundred and yeah, something a night. It, it was. was really cheap. I remember... But the I reason I know that is we went down to breakfast the next morning. I was like, dang, this place is nice. They got a guy that makes omelets. Oh gosh, we are really showing was, ourselves by no, by judging what a nice, nice hotel is. There's someone listening going like, oh, the guy making an omelet at a fancy <laughs> hotel? Oh. Versus when they just put the stuff out. There. The the muffins or whatever, right. or like the, the, the English muffin. Yeah. Oh, gross. Anyway, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook at Building Aaronsburg. We're on Instagram, which is probably our where we dedicate a lot of the most mm-hmm. of our time and effort into Instagram, which is also building Aaronsburg. And then if you want to email us a construction story, a funny, interesting, scary construction story, um, you can email us at building at gmail.com. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Bye y'all. Bye y'all.
Well, you're out, uh, out there, says, yeah, they record it. They can edit it out. And then I said, <laughs> <laughs> but get out of it. <laughs> it could be in their blue room if all I care. Okay.